My right. DMs are always about, I'm going to kill myself. My sister killed herself. My brother killed herself. My father killed herself. Being bi and Asian, I was like, I have both invisibility things in the media. I just don't <laughs> exist. I'm the invisible yeah. woman. I'm such a controlling, calculated person already that I want someone who can sort of not be pushed around by my energy and can push back. Interesting. And be like, off, 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 off. The pill. Okay, ready? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Pill Podcast. A little late. And today we have a very special guest, Miss Anna K. Akana. Ooh, my full name. I know, we checked your Wikipedia. <laughs> she is a American actress, filmmaker, musician, author, and comedian. She does everything. She And she also a YouTuber with over 2.5 million subscribers and over 285 million views. We also have David in the moderator seat. Hello. And we have Paco sitting right next to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You're a little slow today again. Uh, I, yeah, it's a little, yeah, I'm a little slow. Anyway, yeah, we're here with. Ad I should. You know what? I should start doing int introducing the guests last. It's a little less awkward. No, how do the people normally do those? Things? Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, we're I still. We're, this is only our third one here in LA, so we're still figuring it. Out. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, Thanks thank for you for coming. I know you came all the way me. from. I'm not going to say where. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't want to give away your location. <laughs> All the way from Montana. Yes. This is the second time I did that. But um, yeah, thank you for coming out here. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, we just learned recently, actually, that... Well, I just learned recently that you're actually part Hawaiian. Yeah. That I'm is, a fourth. Akana's actually Hawaiian. Yes. Yeah. I, and I went to Eva Beach High School. Did you really? Yeah. Huh. We've had this conversation. Yeah. I don't remember you. Campbell. So I don't remember. Yeah. See? He remembers. This is for, from the I Dare You we did? Yeah. Uh -huh. And oh. also Arden. I've just been friends with Arden for That's a long time. True. Okay. Well, what? My bad. What, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what's the other three three quarters? Japanese, uh, Filipino, and then a bunch of white. Mm. Mm -hmm. Did you speak any any foreign language? I speak Japanese. I also speak Spanish roughly, mm. very rough. Are you so you're fluent Japanese? Sort of. My, none of my family speaks, so I'm really rusty. And also, I grew up in Okinawa, which is more like hillbilly Japanese. That's me. Yeah. That's why I'm hairy and dark. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are you Isn't hairy? Nice? I am. Oh. But I lasered it away, so yeah. I'm fine. Oh, I need to get that then. And yeah. you also speak pigeon, yeah. which is technically another language. Yes. Well, now it is. We're yeah. bilingual. Now, I guess. I don't really count it. I think I just, I don't count that as a language. <laughs> <laughs> I um, okay. Well, I mean, we were also talking about you just, when, when did you release your music video? Uh, my first one came out in May. Uh-huh. So you are, uh, I don't know if. I don't know if I, we talked off camera about all your music videos coming up. I don't know if you want to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. So I did a visual album that's 13 music videos. A fourth are animated and I've been releasing one a month and now I'm currently working on my second. Wow. That but, is a lot for people that don't know. That's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. But for, for people who don't know, Anna, you're, you're, you started off on YouTube. I started in stand-up as a teenager, mm. and then I started doing YouTube simultaneously because my brother actually showed me one of your videos, you and Natalie Tran, and he was like, look at these Natalie people. Tran. Yeah. I did a video. Community channel. No, yeah, no, I he showed me both of your oh, channels. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I, like, I don't remember collabing with her. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, because when you start stand-up, you're doing it in like laundromats or coffee shops, and people are very annoyed that you're trying to talk to them. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, I can voluntarily like click on a video I want to watch. Like, I'll do that as well. Like, so I don't feel like I'm harassing people mm -hmm. all the time. And so I sort of really fell in love with community channel and you and happy slip. And I was like, Oh, I love the format that these people are doing. And so I started on YouTube as well. How, how long were you doing stand up comedy? Um, I started when I was 19. So pretty young. Yeah. Wow. About mm -hmm. a decade. You did stand up comedy for a decade. Yeah. 
Wow. I just recently quit to transition to music. Got it. Yeah. So you, and you're saying you did it here in LA? Yeah. So I would drive out to LA and when I was underage, I had to wait outside of the comedy clubs till it was my turn to go on stage, be escorted onto stage and then be escorted out. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I had rough. no idea. Actually, I thought you just started with YouTube. No, no. YouTube's just kind of what took off because I feel like, I, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but when YouTube came around, I was like, oh, this is the only place I see other Asian people doing anything like comedy, lifestyle, beauty, anything at all. And I was like, this is so cool. Like I, I'd never seen like Michelle Fan watching her video. I was like, oh, that's how I like do makeup for my eyes. Like I've mm -hmm. been following all these other tutorials that were wrong for my eye shape. And so I feel like uh, I didn't think about that yeah. actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's like specific to Asian eyes, I guess. Mm. Yeah, because when you'd put on like uh, eyeliner, you'd be like, "Where to go?" You know, and I so know. I didn't know there was a difference. I thought it was all the same. Mm. No, no, it's very different. Doing makeup for an Asian face is different. She was here um, on the last two podcasts ago, and uh, after the podcast, she did stuff to our faces, <laughs> like put stuff on us. Yeah, I don't know why exactly. We were just hanging out, and then she, that the. What is it called? The thing Eyeliner. on the eyelid? Yeah. That stuff is awful, man. That's worse than like when we did the BGA stuff with like K-pop makeup. Yeah. It's like torture. You do that to yourself every day. Yeah, every day. Hmm. I wouldn't. Uh, You'd get used to it. You're just not used to something like, touching yeah, your eyelid. Yeah, you just lose your nerves there. Yeah. Mm, or like okay. if you try to put in like in your waterline and then you just have to so hold like You, could, you should just tattoo it so that you don't have to ever do it again. But then if you have to do as an actor, I, I can't because oh, if I have to do natural yeah, makeup. Right. How is that going, by the way? It's great. You've I'm, been acting a lot. I've been acting a lot. I'm I've doing a... I'm doing a two Netflix thing. So I'm Ooh. in a Netflix Christmas movie called Let It Snow, which is based on a John Green book. And then I'm mm. also, I don't know if I can announce it technically, but I'm also in Jupiter's Legacy, which is based on a graphic nice. novel. So I play a Japanese assassin in that. Oh. That's awesome. I know. Dude, so it's Netflix excited. originals? Yeah. Isn't it crazy how that's like, oh, you're, oh, I'm doing an ABC show. Oh, cool. That's cool. I'm doing like a uh, NBC, whatever. But Netflix... No, that's yeah. Netflix is like the new thing. Like I would, I would rather see somebody they have more consistency. Yeah. Like yeah. And they get to be edgier. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Apparently they trust creators a lot to do their mm -hmm. thing. Okay. Yeah, you, cool. You you are a hustler. Like you work I, know. I mean, I, I, I was just reading through your Wikipedia, you've you know, come out with music. You've done music, you've done YouTube, stand up comedy, acting, uh came out with your own clothing line, a book. Yeah. What like what do you do you sleep? I do. I get seven to eight hours a night. And you're very uppity yeah. still. Yeah. I don't know. I think I like, I really like what I do. I get bored very easily. So I always want to try something new and exciting. I really love learning. Um, and so I, I see YouTube and all that stuff as my own film school. Um, yeah. And I also think it's very fun to juggle projects because when I get stuck on one or I get bored, I can just shift to another and feel like invigorated. But when I go back to that other project that I was stuck on before and yeah, you know, there's like the impending sense of like, oh, I'm going to die and nothing matters. So like maybe I should just work harder. Mm. And I think uh, I want to bring up a Twitter question when oh. it comes to that. Uh, somebody actually asked, uh, I just want to make sure that I, I get the proper name and credits to them. Uh, Caroline Rhodes said, uh, can you walk us through your creative process of making videos? But I wanted to kind of expand this because when making videos, it's going to be completely different from how you do your other projects, such as mm -hmm. music or such as uh, when you write your you know, short films and then start wanting to direct them. So what is the process like uh, different? How is it oh, different? Oh, man. So different. Well, YouTube, I'm sure you know, when you've been doing it for a decade, I have no ideas anymore. So I write my YouTube videos <laughs> like the hour before my crew arrives um and often i'll really? like still be finishing it as they're setting up 
Um, so you two, I've trained myself to just procrastinate till the absolute last possible moment. Um, with everything else, I'm sort of um, concept based first. So there are certain stories like I've wanted to tell forever. Like I did a stop motion short called Delore that I'd been working on for 10 years, but kind of accepted like stop motion as a craft I'll never be able to do on my own. So I waited till I had a quarter of a million dollars to do it right. And I wanted to use that as sort of like a proof of concept because I loved animation and directing. And I came up as a freelance storyboard artist when I was doing stand-up. So I would do like, I learned how to draw anime when, when I was a kid. And so doing storyboarding and doing animation was like a huge part of my childhood. Can um, I add that to your Wikipedia, by the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. If you, you could please adjust things. it, that would yeah. be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know. With my creative process, it's been very, like, I'm emotion-driven. Like, I feel like I transmute a lot of my very deep feelings into art. So my album was born out of, A, wanting to quit comedy because people have come, threatened to, like, come shoot me at shows, and comedy Whoa. shows don't have security. Every music venue Is has Is that really the main reason? It's one of the, the big reasons. I I'm, stopped doing it. It's a valid it. reason, yeah. but I... Okay. So I was really afraid of like, you know, not only putting my life on the line, but somebody else's life on the line, especially after Christina Grimmie got shot. Yep. Um, and, but I'd always done music in my stand-up comedy sets. And so I was like, well, every music venue I've ever been to has security. Like that's just something embedded in that culture. Mm -hmm. So I feel a lot safer and capable of doing that. Um, and then also I, I went through a really rough breakup and a suicidal episode. And so music is sort of what really helped me come out mm -hmm. of that and writing it as well. Okay. Well, let's let's go back a little bit because that's a, that's <laughs> that a lot for me to lot to take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so you quit. Com I, I mean, I I find I feel like that's uh, there has. To, I mean, that's one of the one of the reasons. Obviously, there's you. It's not the only reason why you stopped doing stand up. Right. No, I mean, I've been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm also, I'm a, I'm a coast comedian. So my stand-up set's all about my abortion, my sister's suicide, dysfunctional Asian family. Midwest audiences don't like it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, so I could, I was very limited as a comedian in what I was able to do and the audiences I was able to reach. And once mm -hmm. I did it for 10 years, I was like, I either have to really commit to this and figure out a way to make this funny to Midwest audiences, or I just have to accept that I have to step away from comedy right. for a while. Right. W were you focusing mostly on like, Asian topics or no a lot of death like a lot of my comedy was death based yeah. Yeah. so it's like very comedy. dark yeah and very dark so you're saying that in the comedy world that that when you get that dark it's not as popular like midwest or? people want to they go to a comedy show to escape so they want to hear yeah. like guys are like this and girls are mm. like this mm. whereas in LA and New York where you're exposed to a lot more you are down to go on that kind of journey with me like you're you can push okay. it further yeah like yeah. you're okay to laugh at an abortion joke whereas in the midwest everyone's like that no, that's murder. That's really you interesting. Know? That's You're why right. I like the yeah. blue collar comedy tour. Like, it's so yeah. well out there. Yeah. It's oh. very lighthearted, easy to digest. Yes. Mm. Wow. That's interesting, interesting yeah. though. When you, uh, so, you, so the Christina Grimmie thing, mm. I mean, that, that happened how long ago? Like two years ago? Two or three, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, even for me, not that I went to a lot of events and traveled and stuff like that, but after that, I literally stopped. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. I never really did any more events since that. And it affected me. I'm sure it affected a lot of people, but it really like that's a big thing to you. That's why you one of the main reasons you stopped. Well, I, I've had a, I've had stalkers over the years, and one stalker um, when I was promoting a comedy show was like, "I'm gonna come and I have something for you." And he'd been emailing yeah. me all the time and like started talking about how he wishes my sister was alive so that he could fuck her and like Ooh, oh, I would damn. be jealous. Like he was really disturbing shit. And then he's he sent an email that basically alluded to. Um, he, the fact that he had a gun and mm -hmm. that he was going to come see me. And so I was like, I dropped out of the car. Like the police or something? I did. I had, a, I yeah. hired a private investigator, uh -huh. but we couldn't figure out who he was. So we think he's actually an IT. 
because he was able to mask his IP address right, and stuff right, like right, that. Right. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that because you're, I mean, generally your skits and your, um, like you said, your comedy, your sets and stuff are a little bit darker. Do you think that's why it drew somebody like that? Because I, I mean, everyone we talk about girls, every girl we've had on the podcast has talked about a stalker experience. Yeah. But that one is pretty I haven't heard one that that's that's pretty dark. Well, like, people, because I'm so outspoken about mm-hmm. suicide and, and mental illness, like a lot of mentally disturbed individuals latch on to me. Like my right. DMs are always about I'm going to kill myself. My sister killed herself. My brother mm-hmm. killed herself. My father killed herself. Like so many of them are that or uh, I want to fuck you in the butt or something. Like mm-hmm. so it's like sexual or death. And right. then I also get the people who have both. And so it gets a little scary because you're like, I don't know where this person is, how serious they are, if they're just mm-hmm. sending something across the internet because they can, or if they actually have a gun and they're going to come drive across that the country. That has to affect you like a little, like it has to mess with your mind though. Like, yeah, definitely. Are you paranoid? All, all the time. Oh, yeah. that'd be good for you. <laughs> yeah. And, and getting it's like serious, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're so casual about it, which I find funny, but I know it's not funny. Yeah. I mean, as a girl, you just get used to a certain level of danger in everyday uh-huh. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also feel like uh, with your stand-up background, you kind of take like that pain or like that awkwardness and you turn it into something that, you know, can be seen more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. I try. But also, um, never mind, forgot my question. Oh, okay. I, I, I just, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just think there's like, if, if I were in your position and, and getting DMs about like, not the sexual stuff, I mean, that I wouldn't. Yeah, that's like whatever, but more about the like the more deeper stuff. Like, I would feel a very heavy burden on yeah. my shoulders, mm-hmm. and and I wouldn't know how to deal with that. Like, do you? I'm mean, I'm sure you kind of have to go through things like that, and mm-hmm. um, and it's not like you could save everyone, you know. Um, I mean, we we all want to, but yeah. it, I, I mean, I, I, how do you kind of deal with that? Like, it's it's very. Um, that's a know. good question, actually. Yeah, like, uh, I wouldn't know how to. So yeah, therapy, man. Like mm. I've been in therapy for ten years, and mm-hmm. I think it's great. And my therapist was like, "Do not respond to any of those people." That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Wow. yeah, she was like, first of all, someone who's very seriously considering suicide is most likely not going to send that out on the internet. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, internal and they create a plan, and you don't see it coming. And she's like, second of all, if you respond once, that person becomes reliant on you and mm. is going to guilt you into having to respond to them every time. And also for my mental health, like I can't. Like I've had friends who have used the suicide thing as like a way to get me to do things or they're like emotionally manipulative because they know that's my trigger. And so now I'm just like, I can't engage. Mm -hmm. Like if someone is very seriously suicidal and I know them and they're my friend, like I know how to be there for them. But if you're a stranger on the internet, I cannot help you in that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to therapy. On the record, I want to, I promise that was my question. I (laughs) totally forgot. It blanked out of my head. Oh, really? It went yeah. from your head into yeah. David's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like a lot of people do deal with like uh, people reaching out to them and saying, "Oh, I'm very depressed," mm-hmm. and, and it's just like, how do you mentally, like, oh, oh is this my issue? You know. Mm-hmm. So I think I, for a lot of content yeah. creators, hearing that it can guide them through, like, oh, this is not for me, and it's not my burden to take care of. Yeah. I've come to the same conclusion, I think, to not respond, but I've definitely had like moments like I know I like DMs where I don't want to open it because they'll see that I've read it and didn't do anything about it. Mm. But like the top line is like, uh, I really need to talk to you because I like I'm contemplating suicide and like I feel a sense of like even guilt of not opening it. Mm-hmm. But I know it's not going to help to do that because like what's to stop from the next like hundred of them, you know, yeah. why just open that one and then I'm just caught up in this. Um I never actually talked about this before, but I, I I came to the conclusion not to open it, but I do feel like guilt 
mm. you know because like i don't know what happened to that person you know what yeah. i mean and like yeah. what if i had opened it and just said one thing and they're fine i know like you just said i we i came to the same conclusion but i did always have a little bit of guilt of not opening it because it's not that hard yeah. to do but I guess hearing it from, I, I should go see a therapist. Yeah, that's I think the, everyone should be there. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yes, I understand your guilt because you're like, well, I have the power to influence this person little, little one text, way. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, then that becomes all consuming because times that by like a thousand, times it by a hundred thousand. Yep. And it's like, uh, then what happens if you say something and then they kill themselves? Now you have the opposite guilt effect. You're not a licensed like psychiatrist you don't know mm -hmm. what to tell people mm -hmm. um and so for me it's like i'll make my videos and i'll be vocal about these are the things you can do here are the solutions for depression here's here's the resources you have but i can't be accountable i'm not trained for that right yeah that's fair yeah i had a uh, conversation with another content creator and we kind of came uh to the idea of the time spent like helping this one person where you're completely unsure of what you're doing if you just focus on the stuff that you usually do mm -hmm. you help like way more people 100 you know? and, and that's stuff that you're good at so it's just like if you keep doing your thing you'll you'll be positively impacting a lot more people definitely mm -hmm. well you said that that's like one of uh obviously you have personal reasons that that's a trigger yeah um with your sister uh but like you said you also talk about it in stand-up mm -hmm. how is that so i mean i know it's obviously personal to you and that's probably why you use it but if it's a trigger to you don't you think that that's kind of you know, a touchy subject for you? Yeah, I couldn't make a suicide joke for seven years. So mm -hmm. I was doing stand-up for seven years before I could actually make a joke about it and laugh. And so then it became a thing of like, ooh, I like that it doesn't have this power over me anymore. Because before, anytime someone would colloquially mention in conversation, like, oh, if I had to sit in traffic for one more moment, I was going to kill myself. Like, I would just mm -hmm. feel crazy. Yeah. And... I got to a point where I finally was like, oh, okay, if I can make it funny, if I can find a lens to laugh at it and to allow other people to laugh at it, that's so empowering for me. Mm -hmm. And it's also normal. I think suicide ideation should be more normalized because all of us, it, it, we're so isolated every day. We don't, we're not in the food chain anymore. So you just like live this weird existence where you're watching everyone's best lives on your screen alone in your fucking bedroom, feeling like a loser. I feel like a lot of us go through periods of depression and wanting to kill ourselves and wondering if our life means anything. Mm -hmm. And there's been sort of this alarmist view, like, Oh God, if you have any of those thoughts, you're a freak. And like, you, you need to be on medication and you need to like go to therapy because you're crazy. Whereas I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure everyone gets to a point in their lives, maybe once or many, many times where it even just crosses your mind like should I kill myself and so I like to try to normalize those feelings while also pointing out that that's not the answer mm -hmm. yeah I mean I, I, I agree with that I think everybody I always assumed growing up because even as a little kid I didn't even understand it really but mm -hmm. I, I contemplated not that doesn't mean I was gonna do it mm -hmm. I just you know everybody has those thoughts I thought everybody would have those but maybe not I don't know I've thought about it Everybody has, yeah. I yeah. feel like. I think even in the opposite side of that spectrum, like we've all had like a small thought, like, man, I really want to kill that person. Yeah. But you know you shouldn't do that. So in yeah, that like same every time I hold a knife and I'm by someone, I'm like, I could just stab yeah. him in the throat. Or like <laughs> like okay, when you're driving, you're like, <laughs> and there's a bicycle in, the, in like yeah. the bicycle lane, you're like, oh my God. I could end you. Yeah, I could get one star on GTA right yeah. now. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Like when you're driving, the, the only thing that's stopping both cars on the other side is just a line. Yeah. Just one line. Yeah. And sometimes we, it's it's dashed. It's not even a solid line. Yeah, you could just literally just go left and the other person goes left. And you just... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 I had to think about that. Where <laughs> like, it goes left. Yeah, we saw... <laughs> it's just a line. It's just a line. So you, you know, yeah. life is... 
life can be short. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. never know when we're yeah. going to go. You need to rhyme. So yeah. I know. It's crazy. Man, they got <laughs> real dark. I know. Yeah. Well, real dark. Do you, well, since you brought up the first Twitter question, you want to keep rolling with that? Oh, no. It's just like... There's you know, some we're good trying ones to weave today. in because usually we do Twitter questions in the end. We're trying, uh, to yeah, but there's good questions. Seamlessly do these. The, there's we a have t- interesting fans. There's a tweet Ooh. here. It's you're actually your tweet. Um, <laughs> July on July seventh, you wrote money, fame, success, status. All that shit disappears and is forgotten. How you help people, inspire others, empower and amplify voices other than your own. The extent of your kindness—that's the shit legacy is made of. I really like that. Like, Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. what prompted you to? come up with this this sort of tweet um i i think we all get caught up in the game of of oh i gotta be more successful i gotta make more money i gotta you know do all the cool things and then you lose sight of what is actually important and i feel like life is this really annoying cycle of doing that again and again and again and uh that was just a reminder for me because i was looking at instagram obviously and like looking at things everyone else was doing i was like am i doing everything wrong like should i be doing more of like what this is or be more of like who this person is and just feeling like i i feel very lame a lot of the times i feel Mm -hmm. like everyone's so much funnier and smarter and like or inspiring or whatever and i just never feel like i am doing enough and so that to me i was like you know what i can only affect as much as i can affect like there's a really good quote by Mother Teresa that was like, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone and create many ripples. And to me, that's, that's always the way I try to live is like, uh, you know, it gets really overwhelming when you watch the news and you're like, I want to help the world, but I can't. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I can only cast as many ripples and hopefully those people cast ripples as well and try to be a positive force in the world. Cause I feel like apathy has become very cool. Like, let me not care. Let me not vote. But I'm like, well, in 11 years, global warming is going to be at the point of no return. You guys like, let's, let's all chip in. Let's all care. Um, so yeah, I think that was just me reminding myself, like, don't get caught up in that bullshit too much. Mm. What, what, like, you know, you've done a lot of things and what, what's driving you to uh, like do so many things. I think earlier you said that you get bored pretty easily too, but, but what is it inside of you that 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 feels like makes you feel like you you need to do all of these things? Um, I was kind of curious. I don't know. Where, I was a really ambitious kid. Like I remember mm-hmm. my first dream was to be the first female president of the United States. Like when I was five, I was like, "That is my path." I am Amy Poehler before Amy Poehler existed, <laughs> and um, I've always just felt like I want to do great things for humanity. And ultimately, I've realized like my strength is taking my life experience or taking things that I'm feeling and turning that into art that can hopefully like make people feel less alone or or inspire them. And so for me, I love playing in different mediums because then you get all your life experience and in a new medium it's all up for grabs again like versus youtube i'm like i've talked about every topic there is to fucking talk about i don't have anything else to say but if i go to music i'm like everything i've ever gone Mm. through is now up for grabs i can say all of that again in just a new medium Mm. um and so i like i like medium hopping as well i think it keeps you creative so what are you gonna do when you run out of all of those feelings that you can sing about oh i don't have new medium no i got so many feelings so many feelings (laughs) all right good and like you said it's a cycle right you might yeah. come back to the other medium yeah. right? when you have more things to talk about. Yeah. But that is interesting though. And it, it, I feel like you have to have, there's certain people in the world. I feel like just have more energy than others. And I feel like you're one of those people. There's like, you know, the people you watch on Instagram, like, like Kevin Hart, right? Yeah. Like somebody like you just look and you're like, man, how can he do all these things? Like how, how does he have the mental capacity? Is, this, is that something you've always had as like, like you said, as a little kid, or is it something that you had to like train yourself? 
Prolificness, I feel, comes from organization and attention management. So I'm very, very good at time management. I can structure my time in a way that I'm like, oh, this is how I can maximize the amount that I can do. Some days, like, I'm tired and I don't want to do anything Mm -hmm. and I clear my schedule and I just, like, lay around. But for the most part, I'm very good at when I have a a task to do. I know exactly how to do it in the most efficient way possible. And you don't get lost in that. Like, you know, a lot of artists, once you're, like, in a zone... All, nothing else matters. You just keep going until, and you realize I just used up my whole day. Mm-hmm. You don't go through that. I do, but like I, I do it per project. Right. So I get very obsessed with one project. I complete it and then I do all my others. Mm. I see. Oh, well that's discipline then at that point. Yeah. I have the opposite thing. I get excited about things, get into it, jump onto something else, kind of forget about it, come back. Just, I'm everywhere. I think that's, that's a good process too. If that's what works for you. It's better to just finish things. I have a lot of unfinished things. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, this is a great idea. And sometimes I'll forget about it, come back and be like, man, I should have did that back when it was relevant. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to work off the muse yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have those too. Yeah. Do you, do you like uh, being, do you like the business aspect of what you do? I uh, do. And versus a creative. I mean, is it like a 50-50 thing for you? Or? Yeah. I really like like Excel spreadsheets and mm. color coordinated yeah, calendars. Oh, yeah, because you're organized. As a creative person, though, that's like so left-brained, you know? It's fun. It's a relief from creative because there's like, oh, there's one way to do this right. And mm. if I, the numbers don't add up, then I have done the math mm-hmm. wrong. Whereas creative, like the box, there's no box. So you're like, oh, the I can do anything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the business side gives me a break from all of that. And I can be like, ooh, budget. <laughs> So you enjoy that stuff. Yeah, I, I do. Th- I, I personally think that like there, if, if you, you have to have a little bit of that, like a little bit of organization to become a successful creative, because yeah. if you don't have that or st- some sort of structure in your life, I feel like what you just said, you know, when you're creative, it's just, there's no walls. It's just, it's just like a yeah. f- energy that just goes outward. Um, but you have to kind of bring it in and, and be like, okay, I'm going to cre- use this energy to create a song. Oh yeah, or a film or a script. Um, so I, I I do think that that's super important. Yeah, you know? I mean I have so many friends who are like way more talented than I am. They just don't have the discipline every mm-hmm. day to mm-hmm. like stick either follow through to like finish something, or they're perfectionists and they like just finish it over and over and over again until they hate it and they throw the whole thing away. And I think for me it's always like I want to be at least ninety percent there and then I have to let it go. Mm. Like nothing's ever going to be perfect, so let it go once it's ninety percent of the way there. I mean, obviously, if there's anything glaring you want to fix, yes, but I I also know when to be like, okay, this has been enough time on this, mm-hmm. like move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, I, I read in your bio that uh, your your father was an officer in the United States Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, thanks to him for, for his service. <laughs> for thank you, uh, thank Mr. you, Mister uh, O'Connor. O'Connor. Uh, sorry, O'Connor. O'Connor. Um, do you, Do you think like because I I have friends who grew up in military families as well. Mm-hmm. They travel all over the place. They're never in one place. Um, it's hard for them to make friends. They're, yeah. they're going to different schools all the time. Um, but the thing that I, I respect about them is they're very well cultured. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that people who travel a lot can really understand is uh, you just have a, a general idea of just like people. Yeah. Like a really good balance of, of under, like understanding of, of people. Do you feel that, uh, I mean, were you traveling a lot? And oh, yeah. Every six months to two years. Wow. So it was really difficult to... 
I liked it. You liked it? I liked it. Cause I was like, even as a kid. Yeah. Cause then I was like, Oh, I get to leave and I can become whoever I want to be at this new school. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's why I'm an actor. Cause (laughs) I would be like, I'm going to be the shy girl here in North Carolina. And I was like, I don't like being the shy girl. So I was like, I'm going to be the obnoxious one here in Hawaii. (laughs) Like, and you committed to it. Yeah. You stayed in character for those like (laughs) months. Yeah. It was like a chance to like reinvent yourself over and over again until you found out like what you liked, what you didn't like about Mm -hmm. yourself. And, I got very good at chameleoning, so I could see I can read a room and be like, I know exactly who I have to be to fit in, or I can just be myself. <laughs> um, so you know who your base is, then. Yeah. That's, is that you right oh. now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm a little turned up because we're performing, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And because you drink some ginger milk and tea and water and liquor. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty um, hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's. Do you, do you feel like the discipline also came from being in a like having your, your father being a Marine? Yeah. I mean, I think I had the perfect bifurcation of show and business. So my dad was all like, every page you read, you get a penny. If you like pluck the weeds in the yard for two days, I'll give you Titanic on VHS. And so he <laughs> taught me like hard work and discipline and like really valued education. And my mom is like more of a flowy, like really funny clown type who loves artistry. So she was always either painting or doing crochet or like some kind of like hobby. And so I grew up with both like discipline but also like a really big emphasis on creativity that sounds like a like i feel like i've seen that disney movie before like a disney channel original with like the dad who's like the officer and then like the mom who's a creative and then that's about you that's me it's very interesting life that's very interesting oh wendy woo that's uh what justin was on oh right i don't know oh you don't (laughs) look him up yeah you don't support your friends all right well (laughs) Uh, speaking of hydration, we are going to our quick shishi break. So we'll be right back. Right on time with my bladder. And we're back. We've been back. Anyway, <laughs> I, we clapped. Just, did you guys clap already? I just did right now. Okay. Yeah. And now we're officially back. <laughs> okay. So let's let's get right into it, Paco. <laughs> what? I think you should talk about your tweet. Yeah. No. Um, we're talking about you guys. <laughs> Do you see his tweet? No. He's so stupid. Ryan, you uh, tell. Guys, bring you up tell. the tweet. I don't have it in front of me. Read it, guys. It, it, Paco we, tweeted. We, yeah. Chipaka's trying to stop stop the tra- no, but he tweeted it out loud. So go ahead. No, first Anna's waiting. Ow! So okay, oh okay. God. Paco I mean, tweeted. Right, let me take control of this. Paco tweeted. Let me take control of this. Do you think Paco is cute? <laughs> <laughs> it had the most hearts. It did. He got wow. liked up very to the top, and I I said it as a joke and to send it, and he actually sent it. So. Oh, you tweeted it at yourself at with the, uh, who, the what questions the to ask. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were just asking your audience in third person and if they thought o- you were cute. You can be honest. You don't have to make him feel good. Put Actually, in, in the, don't in make mysterious. me feel good. Don't make you feel good? Because that's kind of the theme of this podcast. I think you're cute. <laughs> wow. wow. Why are you doing that sound effect? <laughs> because again, the theme of that. You just made his life, I think. Dude, I'm good. Yeah. I'm you're good, good with life. I, Damn. I would say Dark you're objectively joke. cute. Dark joke. Oh, you know Damn. what that? No, 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 objectively. no, 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 You know when you say objectively I think cute, though? Yeah. Right now. That, that, I know. that means like, oh, personally, I don't find you attractive, no, no. but I can see objectively. No, no, I'm saying you're an attractive man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But objectively, I was usually actually well, I'm, I'm just talking about physicality. Like in terms of like if I'm personally attracted to a person, when, I think women have the capacity to, to fall in love with people who aren't attractive and they become attractive oh, to yeah, them true, true. based on your personality. So for mm. me, I can see a guy who's really hot. And I'm like, that's a hot guy, but I don't feel true. anything Same. until yeah. I know them. I mean, yeah. I could say that about a guy too. Yeah. But speaking about that. We also have in our notes recently in 2018 that you came out at a streaming award show. I did. That you are bi. I am bisexual. I actually didn't see that clip, but I just we just looked it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's fun. I saw the video of you uh, coming out to your parents. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. cute. Yeah, thank you. Your parents are very very sweet. They they, yeah. they seem very like very sweet people. Supportive. I've asked them to do another video and they're like mm, not yet. We just not yet. Yeah, not yet. they were like, we need we need some more space. People need to like miss us more. And I was like, okay, all right, you guys. Plan our video yeah. first. That's so. Is funny. this something you knew for like a long time? I but did, you just didn't want to say it. Or? So I had um, a crush on a girl when I was like eleven or something, and my friend, I told my friend, and she was like, Anna, you're just trying to be interesting. That's what she said to you. Yeah. So for a long time, I thought like, oh, I'm just a straight girl trying to be like interesting. Well, so you didn't even know. No. And I, I'm, I'm bisexuality. I thought you had to be like half and half and I'm not half and half. I skew more male. And, but in talking to some bisexual ladies in the last year or so, they were like, no, like any amount of bisexuality is valid. Like I have a friend who's predominantly a lesbian, but she's attracted to like a guy here and there. And she's like, I'm still very much bisexual. I don't identify as a lesbian. It's like a spectrum, right? Yeah. It's a huge spectrum. Yeah. And, and no one's like on. Uh, the very opposite ends. Yeah, no. Because yeah. if you're on the opposite end, you're gay. Like, so mm. it's like bi is like, I'm attracted to both, but it may not be the same amount per. And I think it's like actually very rare to have like an exact 50-50. Uh, you know what I found interesting? Sorry. Uh, that I, I didn't know this, but I, do you did you get a lot of pushback from the gay community? Because there is pushback. Yeah, there is. They, they feel like it's so interesting to me because it took so long for people to accept gay people. Mm -hmm. And then now that people are coming out as bi, gay people, are, there's some actual pushback against yeah. bi people. They think, like straight people think it's either a stepping stone to being gay and gay people think mm. like you're actually straight and just like having fun with the other I've seen gender. people say like, oh, selfish. Yeah, right. it's selfish or whatever. And there's, it's funny, like I think being bi and Asian, I was like, I have both invisibility things <laughs> in the media. I just don't <laughs> exist. I'm the invisible yeah. woman. Um, but yeah, I, I have had some pushback from gay people, like, especially cause they're like, well, have you ever had sex with a woman? Have you ever dated a woman? I was like, do mm. I need to ever have sex with a guy to know that I'm attracted to a guy? Mm. Like, that's not a right. thing. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's been a fun journey. When you said you were 11, right? Was it 11? Yeah, I think so. And you said you had a crush on a girl. Um, I, I, I don't know about the anatomy of a female, like in, in terms of like sexual, like when you start feeling sexual desire, mm -hmm. um, it's like I'm, when you want to press your face to their face. Okay, so so I'm assuming David when you hasn't done that yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm inexperienced, but uh, <laughs> when uh, when when you're 11, you weren't sexual, right? Like I you didn't have attracted to or did pretty you? sexual. Oh, you very did. Very young. That's okay, kind of, okay. That's kind of common though, no? Like that's like puberty, right? Like even for that's like, like sixth grade, fifth grade, yeah. kind of. Okay, wait, is that fifth grade? Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, like eight. I was reading like naughty novels I stole oh, from really? my mom. Whoa. Yeah, you okay. know why you had to grow up fast, right? you're traveling all over the place. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> I'm just assuming things yeah. about you. So, um, so when you were 11, you did have like a sexual kind of uh, like 
desire for the other girl that yeah i don't know if i was like i wanted to fuck her when i was 11 but i definitely was like i like her like i want to kiss her you want to kiss okay yeah Mm. it wasn't like oh she's so pretty like i want to no she was she was like more of a butch girl she was more of a tomboy gotcha i've always been much more into tomboys yeah what i've always been like kind of curious about that like what what draws a girl into a butch girl Versus like a more a pretty, very pretty, like a mm. whatever Early feminine, girl. feminine girl. I don't know. Like, I guess to me, like tomboys have always been like, they're cute and they're edgy and like mm. they're a little rough and tumble and they have really good hair that's like short, but it's like gorgeous and, and oh, quaff. And I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I want to sit on the back of her skateboard or something. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because the, the way that like you kind of like portray yourself is like, you're very edgy in yeah. that aspect. Um, and a lot of times people will say, oh, opposites attract. Yeah. So does that mean like, if, if it's true in your case that opposites attract that I guess in your more personal life, you're kind of more docile and like you're very. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm very masculine energy in my career. So I feel like I, I have attracted a lot of women who are more feminine, but I know in my relationships, I need to be the more feminine one because I get, I get too like resentful if I have to be the one who plans everything and does everything and controls the relationship. So I think I've been always attracted to types that have more of that masculine energy because I'm like, ooh, I can like relax in my relationship, but then like have my masculine energy in my career. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. So you, uh, I mean, you're pretty openly like a very strong feminist, right? Yeah. But you still see, well, I mean, I know there's different definitions of feminists these mm-hmm. days. Like it doesn't, not everybody has the same definition, but like in terms of like in that relationship you're just describing, like having a guy have it to plan those things, you don't think those roles should be equally split up between the man and woman Mm, no i'm a feminist in the sense that i advocate for equality for women Mm -hmm. but also for equality for men in the sense of emotional vulnerability like i think feminism is also trying to get rid of toxic masculinity so i have been attracted to Mm -hmm. men who are like kind of feminine in their energy it really just depends i mean there's so many variations of like what Mm -hmm. can get along with a person but i do know in my relationships like I can be so, I'm such a controlling, calculated person already that I want someone who can sort of not be pushed around by my energy and can push back. Interesting. And be like, I feel no. like you would naturally want somebody who would be. No, no. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. You want the fight. Not even just a fight, but someone who's who can like, you know, yeah. have a boundary and hold their boundary. Right. But it's also, and, and this is what I got also from like Ali Wong special mm. is because she's somebody who's also very much so like driven and, yeah. and calculated in, in that aspect. But they want to sh- be like, it's almost like not necessarily the opposition, but that they, they can respect the other person. Yes. Like, oh, yes. okay. All right. It's not going to be easy. I don't just get to control my yeah, own world. Yeah. Like yeah. you want someone who like, it feels like you, you know, you're an equal, like I've financially supported partners before and it just doesn't, I just hate it. And so I need someone who's confident in who they are and who's doing their own thing and is down to be like, no, we're not going to do that. I don't want to do that. And I'll be like, okay, cool, 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 cool. But you won't push back. You like that. Oh, I'll push back for oh, sure. <laughs> but you like that. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Because that okay. also adds that aspect of like, that you're still working towards something, you know? Yeah. And you know that, oh, they're invested in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like debate. I, I guess, like, one of the thoughts I have with uh, the whole bisexuality thing is, uh, may, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but may, do you kind of see it as, like, you don't see guy and girl. You kind of just see personality and kind of what they stand for. And then, because, I, like, when do you choose to date a dude versus... Date a woman? A woman, yeah. Like, like, oh. or, or is it like, well, is it depending you lean more on, towards male? I date more men. Mm-hmm. I have been dating women since yeah. I've come out. 
Um, and I'm sure they're very different. They're so different. Right? I made a video right. about it. I hope it's not going to be offensive, but it's called like sure. I've dated women and now I understand men. Mm, because in on, okay. Because then I like would take women out on dates and they never offered to pay for their half really? of dinner Ooh, or like, interesting. yeah. And I would be like, what the fuck? And like, I was talking to my male friend. I was like, I feel like this girl's just asking me out. So like, I'll buy her dinner. Cause she always suggests <laughs> these like nice restaurants. And like, uh, I'm like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh yeah, that's a thing women do. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. what? Is, well, Wait, how did you decide that? I mean, between you two, like, why didn't you be the one? Like, I'm not going to pay. Well, I felt like, awkward. But also, are you the one that asked them out? No, she asked me out. That's Wait, even cool. yeah. Wow, you got you got. I got women. screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so that, but but that was just one experience with one lady. Like yeah, with, but with other women, it's been like I had someone invite me in, and she was like, "Do you want to come in and make out?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right. You're like pretty, whatever." And then she just <laughs> talked the, like till three a.m., which I don't mind. But like, I was like, "We're not making out at all. You're a liar." Um. You, you seem so like more the guy. What if me. what if a guy? Like what, it is more of a guy thing. Right? What if yeah. a guy said the same thing? Then I would expect to make out. It gotcha. probably would. It would have happened. No, yeah. but then the I guy think. brings you in, and he, then he talks about his emotions to three. Who are you more mad at, the guy or the girl? Ooh, I think it question. would depend on what they're talking about. Like the girl was talking about. It wasn't Let's like just say it wasn't same thing. Same thing. I would probably be pissed too. Well, the thing is, the premise of of bringing me into the house with promises of of kissing One thing. me, yeah. yeah. Like if you just said, "Do you want to come in and talk?" I would be like, "Yeah, cool," and then like expect talking. But to mm -hmm. say, "Let's make out," and then only talk to me till three a.m. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta go. Are these Tinder people? Uh, no, I can't do Tinder, so mm -hmm. I do Raya. What's that? Raya's like uh, people in the industry. Oh, is that I one like that was a be thing? Like vetted, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about other actresses. Actors, directors, mm -hmm. DPs, people mm -hmm. who are on gaffers. Yeah, gaffers. That's probably a good networking. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> actually, they have a section just for networking. Oh, really? And then they have a section for dating. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, so going back, so because I, I don't know if I, I my answer was my, my question was answered. Um, wh when do you choose a girl versus a dude? Like, is is it based off of like your uh? Like certain season, or you just want to try try <laughs> out season, like try try out you get bored, like because you, you get bored. Because right? you were just recently, you said recently you've been dating women, yeah, right. Yeah. It, but it's like, but wait, wait, why not? Are like, you only dating women? No, right I'm now? dating both. So it's, it's a mix. So it's you're going mix. back and forth. Yes. Okay. It just depends on like who's cool, who's trying. Like, mm. um, who do I vibe with when we meet up for dinner? Finally, like dating in LA is its own special thing, so it's kind of awful. Um, and Talk about that. <laughs> also, I don't know what that means. Oh my god, Ryan, it's so bad. Dating here is but awful what, because it's expensive. <laughs> uh, it's not just that people are people are weird. They're super flaky. Is it because everybody's very beautiful here? And not even just that. Like people are really commitment phobic. Like all of people I date for three months. I'm like, okay, it's time for us to be in a relationship now. And they're like, no, 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 no. Mm. That is that an LA thing? It's yeah. It's yeah. a super. I don't even think it's just like an LA thing. It's very LA focused, but it's like it's coastal yeah. in a way. Yeah, like it's very a coastal. A lot of like the West Coast is kind of like that, where it's just like, hey, dude, I'm just trying to live my best life. Yeah. Like how New York is, right? That's what they're known yeah. for, like hookup culture. Yeah. They're always like, it's right like now. when you're at a party and you're talking to someone and they keep looking over your shoulder to see who else is in the room. That's what dating here oh, feels like. I haven't had that happen. I probably was the person, but didn't notice. Yeah, I think in LA, everything <laughs> just got so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, covered for him. Thanks, David. I did try to cover things. Yeah. I think I think everyone's trying to like look for the next be best thing. Yeah, in in dating and in work and in everything, right? Yeah. In LA, because everyone's yeah, a tr it's like a transplant city, and everyone's just trying to make it. They're 
you know, they don't have a strong foundation here. And yeah. And everyone, I think, settles down a lot later on the mm-hmm. coast, whereas, yeah. like, women, we're still bound by our biological clock if we want to have children. And, you, you know, the norm, uh, the, what do you call it, way, the, the physical way versus, yep. like, adopting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I think women are just ready to settle down a lot sooner than all the men here. Do you, mm-hmm. you want to have kids? I do. Really does badly. That to, um, does that mean a girl is out? Or you no, if I found the way. right woman, I would I would adopt or like do artificial insemination. But I have always seen myself ending up with a man because I am more man skewed. Got it. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned that uh, you have a video that's that's speaking on uh, what was the title again? I dated girls and now I understand men. What are some of the like couple like a few things that you understand well, they were more like about men? The makeup thing, um, the make out thing. I mean, and then. Uh, uh, this one girl kept joking about us getting married, like on our first date, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got really like. Yeah, I was like, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> We've hung out for two hours, mm-hmm. um, and I've been guilty of making those kind of jokes on dates. It's just like a fun, flippant thing to do, and then I was like, Oh my god, the guy probably or with the guys. Yeah, yeah, but it's not on the first date, right? Uh, I mean, I've made jokes. If it's obviously a joke, <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that, right? But I could see how that could freak someone out. Yeah. What yeah. what is a what does a fun date look like for you? I love activities. So like an escape room, bowling, laser tag. Like I love going and doing a thing. But and see, so that's something that I've kind of adapted as as dating because mm-hmm. a lot of times guys will just be like, "Oh, do you want to get dinner?" Yeah. But then it feels like an interview. Yeah. And so when you do an activity together, not only are you guys working together to do stuff, you're creating physicality and yeah. you're allowing for like playful touching and stuff. And then if you do have, it's true though, it's true. You're allowing for playful, playful touching. touching. I mean, I'm not just going to be like intimate groping. And no, it was giggling. Playful touching. playful touching sounds a lot nicer. <laughs> so after the playful touching, uh, you guys can have dinner and then like talk like, oh, it was really fun. And then you have something to talk about. Yeah. 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 I also think you learn a lot about people and doing activities for them, like versus just sitting down and talking yeah. to someone at dinner is can be mm-hmm. kind of boring. Because actions speak louder than words. Yes, this is true. Playful touching. Playful, playful touching. touching. That's my, I'm about to say that now. <laughs> David, you ready for oh, some man. playful touching? It's very, uh, <laughs> David, what's the last time you had some playful touching? And we turned into like a danger. That's a good advice. Now yeah. we know. Yeah. Don't make jokes about uh, getting married on the first date. Actually, you know what? If both of you are making those jokes, is that okay? I think if both of you are on the same page, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was. I feel like people. Do people. Like, do you go on dates like you just met them? Because I feel like if they didn't know your comedy, because you are not the. I don't think you're considered the average girl in terms of your comedy, mm-hmm. right? Is there some kind of disclaimer? Because if you were make those no. jokes, you have that not like deadpan, I'm not making a joke face, right? I don't know. You do sometimes. I think you do. Oh, I do? Yeah. yeah. It's, but, it's, but that's why it's funny. Yeah, oh. the dry humor. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, but like I, I can see someone, if we just met, I was like, I'm not sure if she's being serious or not. Oh, uh, I try to make it obvious that I'm joking. Okay. I try. Mm-hmm. If they watched you, they would know. Yeah. But I try to get me. people, though, that don't watch me or know me. Yeah, Because right, then they right, have, right. I feel like we have a preconceived idea. I try not to Google anybody before mm-hmm. I go on a date with them other than to see if there's, like, a crazy headline <laughs> about them being, like, I don't yeah. know, problematic. Yeah. Or if somehow. A, if they have a hashtag. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I like them is when you do the deep dive. What, okay. What's the best thing about dating a guy and what's the best thing about dating a girl? I think the best thing about dating a, dating girls so far has been the conversation. Like, if there's anything that comes up, like I feel very safe to have a conversation about it. Like, hey, you said this thing, and it made me feel a little bit like this. But like, I know your intention wasn't this way. Like, but it can get to be uh, over communicating. 
I think the best thing about dating guys, it really depends on the guy. Uh, but for the most part, I like feeling taken care of, like emotionally. And I feel like a lot of guys are very nurturing in that way. Mm. Nurturing? Yeah, like they're down to like, I, I like hanging out with someone and they take initiative. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll call the Uber. I'll schedule the date or I'll okay. do this. Like I'll take you on a mm -hmm. thing so I don't have to like mentally worry about. Whereas when I'm with a girl, I'm usually the one planning and like mm -hmm. taking action. So mm -hmm. generally speaking, would you say that females, it's it's uh, it's more of a, commu uh, it's great communication on mm -hmm. an emotional level. Uh, and then guys generally tend to take care of people better or take care of um Women. Just take care of women or men yeah. uh, in general. Yeah. On a date, right. I feel like men are very good at taking care of you. If if they're the kind of personality that can't, it's hard to generalize because yeah. everyone's so yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do find with women, the communication is a lot more clear. Mm. Interesting. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm not a good communicator. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, you're not. I think most guys aren't though. I mean, in you're not really like women. encouraged to be or trained to be. They said on average, a woman speaks 16,000 words a day and a guy speaks 10,000. Really? I believe yeah. that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess I could, I could see that. Yeah. I think I speak probably about <laughs> five, <laughs> 3,000 words I've a day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that all we have for our questions? We got away from that for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, would you, would you consider yourself to be a successful person? That's from that's Man. from Twitter, actually. Mm, I know from the outside, yes. On the inside, no. Really? Why? Explain, I, yeah. I don't know. I just feel... And I, I guess because there's different levels you can have success, right? Like yeah. you can have a, a personal success, career success. So do you just overall see everything as unsuccessful or do you... I don't see it as unsuccessful. I just see it as like a process. And I still very... I feel like I'm still in the process versus... If I look out objectively and I see what other people see, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I would consider that successful compared to most. But inside, I don't feel like I am successful. Is that because you think once you feel that way, you'll stop wanting to pursue all these different things or pushing yourself to do it? I don't know. I just feel like I'm still me, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like, do you consider yourself successful? I think I would if I'm thinking of what I wanted when I was younger. Mm. But then when I got here, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, there's like levels to it, right? Where yeah, you, it's like, oh, I unlocked this achievement, and now it's to the next stage. Yeah, kind of like yeah, it's so game. incremental and small too yeah, that yeah. it doesn't ever feel like, oh, I have reached my peak. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, when I was like a kid, my idea of success was just like making X amount of money. Yeah, like that was just like, okay, this is why I'm gonna get this job, do this, um, and once I did it, made that amount that I was trying to get to. I realized, okay, this is not success. Yeah. And it might be, it might be because I got there. Maybe if it, yeah. I'd never reached it, then it would have been like, I'm, I'm always chasing something. Yeah. I think there's, it, I, I think if you, once you consider yourself successful, it's hard to say It's everyone's definition, but I think then you kind of just do nothing. Right. Well, isn't success also, I feel like success is always changing. Like your idea of it is changing as you're doing yeah, more yeah, things. Right. And so it's, it's always a way it's always farther than you. If that makes sense. Like I always was like my definition of success is when there's two projects I really want to do and I have the offers on both and I have to choose between them. Mm -hmm. And then I got there and I was like, okay, now my definition of success is being the lead of a movie. And I got there and I'm like, okay, well now my definition of success is being a Marvel superhero in a movie or like, and so it just mm -hmm. keeps like going farther away. You were in a Marvel movie. Well, well, I wasn't a superhero. I was a journalist. But, <laughs> but you were in a Marvel you know movie. Maybe that's still pretty cool. writing. That yeah. is a something happens. Yeah. 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 That's a super that's awesome. Or you come across like a magic pen 
and it's just like. I mean, I think that is a character. Pitch? All right, I don't right know. Oh. I'm just saying it's possible. Okay, it's possible. All right, all right. I mean, you still have the goal of becoming the first female president. No, I don't want to be in politics. That hasn't been taken yet. You're pretty, aren't you pretty opinionated on that? I am, but I, I'm not educated enough in politics. I don't understand how the system works intricately. Mm -hmm. I have friends that are way more qualified than I am. And I just was like, I can't. I feel, I feel the same way. Yeah. But even about like opinions, I'm swayed easily. Really? It's not really, it's not swayed. It's more just like, I'm very open to hearing every side. I think that's things. a good quality to have, though. But it's also, I've been told it's bad because it's like, oh, you're just a sympathizer. A centrist. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, I just want to hear both sides. There's yeah. a reason why both sides are so, like, 100% they're right, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just like to see both sides because I'm not smart enough to know, like, I, f I find it interesting. What's right? There's only two sides. I mean, there are many sides, I, but, yeah. but technically speaking, but I, it's like, why is it just blue and red? Can't there be like purple and brown and? I mean, green there are. They're just too small. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you, well, we gotta and then give. You can't, no, but you can't support that because then they'll say, uh, you're actually helping the other side because it's never gonna win. That yeah. middle ground's never gonna win. Yeah. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think these little parties should get some love too. I agree. Like, yeah. They don't I have mean, a shot, but they should. They don't have a shot yeah. at all, but. Yep. Let's give him a shot. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm starting my own party. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll support you. Um, okay. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. Then. Yeah. Is there anything you want to... Like, I have a question. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I guess right. not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just more about the stand-up thing because you are yes. talking about it in the beginning. Um, and I was... Just, so when you are Is there like... Because, you know, you're you're, you're, you're a strong feminist. Um and when it comes to comedy, though, are there things that you feel shouldn't be joked about? I think every topic is up for grabs if you can A, make it funny, and your B, not perpetuating some kind of hate speech or violence or any kind. Like, I think as problematic as he is, Louis C.K. made um, a really good pedophile joke where he talked about, like, you know, it must be so good for a pedophile to do this because of the repercussions involved. and Or like he was the first person who was like, oh, I had a baby and now I understand why there are dumpster babies. So he was really good at taking previously taboo mm -hmm. topics and putting them in such a specific lens that they were okay to laugh at. Right. And they weren't necessarily condoning the behavior of people. Um, it was just putting it in a very unique light that you were looked at and you thought, yeah, okay, I understand that that's funny. Um, so I think like any topic is up for grabs as long as you can find whatever that unique light is. But I think the hard thing with comedy is we're incredibly politically correct now. And I think that has mm -hmm. a lot of pros to it, but it takes a long time to craft a masterpiece fucking joke. And you have to try it out over and over on audiences. And now when people record you in that process, trying to find that lens, um, you can be viewed as incredibly problematic. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled and immediately. Because uh, when uh, Louis came back, uh, you you heard about how his set was filmed. Ugh. Yeah. So I guess who is exempt from, you know, having to always be politically correct? Because a comedian's job yeah. is to find like, oh, this is a line that we shouldn't be crossing and mm -hmm. we're supposed to push boundaries and stuff. Well, I think the Louis thing's different because he he had a 
problematic, you know, me yeah. too movement. And everyone was mad that he came back and he didn't talk about it. If he had made mm. his entire set about that behavior and made himself the butt of the joke and really showcased some learning along the way from that experience, I think he would have been embraced because that's what we really wanted, right? We wanted yeah. him to learn from it, to grow and to apologize. And instead he's just made a bunch of jokes that were completely irrelevant. So it was like a, an elephant in the room. Um, mm. I don't think anyone is exempt necessarily but i think if you're in comedy you have to be hyper aware that anything you you say on stage can be taken at face value because people are not comedians they don't know that you you know you're going on stage a hundred times to figure out this one bit and right. get it perfectly right that's true yeah yeah but i mean like even just being on stage you i feel like that gives you a certain like freedom mm -hmm. like even just like if you were to say something on, on twitter the same thing mm -hmm. if you were to tweet it that same thing can come to haunt you. But if you set it on a stage with a mic and it looks like a stand-up set, you can get away with a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's the whole Kevin Hart thing. You know, he had uh, uh, some tweet. What did he say that he got the most recent it scandal? Like, it was like the whole like calling his uh, friends like gay or, or the F slur Some, word. Yeah, something like that. And then like, I feel like if someone said that on stage, it's like a different lens. Like it's like, mm -hmm. that's okay. Well, yeah. there's also no tone online. So you can't yeah. really True. understand that and, something yeah. is a joke. And the thing about that tweet was like, it yeah. was like 10 years ago. And yeah. like he, yeah. so, so the whole it was thing also about different digging time. up the past. Yeah. That I think is an important thing to look at because people dig up all these old tweets and I'm like, it was okay to say that back then. Yeah, it, was it was okay yeah. to say retarded back then. Yeah. Like you have to look at it through the cultural lens. Like I watched Bring It On at the Hollywood Cemetery mm -hmm. recently. That movie's so homophobic. Yeah. It's good, but it's like every time they called someone like a dyke or a fag, like the whole audience was like, boo. And <laughs> it's like, understandably so, that's not okay anymore. Yeah. But at the time it was totally accepted. It's a different language almost. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a video that's still up that has the word fag in it. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I don't want to take it down because at the time, like I said, it wasn't, nobody complained about it. Yeah. If they, and I called it out. So and I was obviously said like, this is a different time. And yeah, uh, but I'm not going to take it down because of when it was made. And it's clear that, it was a different time. And I've, I said, I'm not going to use that now. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, it was just, it's crazy that that's out there. And like, if people, if I tried to hide it, people would find it 100%. and make it a thing. Oh yeah. People have pointed out, like I used to do a podcast with an ex where the whole point was shocking answers. And so one of the questions, like if you could get away with a crime, what would it be? And I was like, I would rape a man. Cause I was like, that's so funny. It's impossible or whatever. And we all discussed the questions and answers mm -hmm. ahead of time, but it is, it like blew up on Reddit as me being later like, down the road or later, way later, yeah, like right. five years later or something. Right, right, right. And I was like, no, this is a horrible cringy joke. I was trying to be funny. Also like, that's the way you cope with assault. When you've been assaulted, you try to make light of it mm -hmm. or you use that kind of language and yeah. um cancel culture cancel culture yeah, yeah man yeah well that's a good note to end on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but with that being said thank you is there anything anything you you want to plug or talk about um i'm releasing a music video every month on my channel Woo. every single month all right so go to anaconda it's just anaconda yeah okay Wait, don't you have 13 songs though i do one a month so for 13 months yeah, oh. doesn't mean one year. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It's like, where's the 13th? Month? It's a leap year, so 13 yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, okay. uh, thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank, thank you. you, guys. And uh, make sure you follow us at Off The Pill Podcast on Twitter and at Off The Pill on Instagram. I might have mixed those up. Was that right? Nope. Uh -huh. At Off The Pill on Twitter, at Off The Pill Podcast on Instagram. It's an <laughs> ongoing joke that we're never going to make it the same thing, right? At never. this point. Yeah. Yeah, sure, right. sure, sure. With that being said, thank you again. This is how we end it. Um, we never really told you, but we just breathe into the mic. In three, two, one. By this time, since you're the third person, that mic probably smells a little bit. We don't always I cleaned, wipe I cleaned it. it. No, but they're all girls too, so. <laughs> <laughs>